Hi guys, my name's Jason and this is the UK Money Podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things to do with money, personal finance, investments, just generally how to manage your money better and how to get ahead financially. Now, I say this every week, but it is really, really important. I'm a financial planner. I provide financial advice to clients every single day, but this podcast shouldn't be considered financial advice. I just want you to think about it as some uh, information, some education that'll hopefully steer you in the right direction to help you manage your own money. Now, on today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about a few, a couple of different things. But before I get into the topics for today, I just want to say a massive, massive thank you to everybody who is out there listening to the podcast, everyone who's subscribed, and everybody who's sharing it with their mates and and getting it out there. Um, You may not have seen, but it actually hit number 11 on the iTunes business um, podcast charts this week, which is mental. Um, I really didn't expect that. Um, like I say, I've just been blown away by the, the amount of support I've been getting. Um, I've been getting loads of emails, loads of um, DMs on Instagram, just telling me that people are really enjoying the podcast, getting a lot from it and giving me some great ideas for future content as well. So thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Um, I'm so glad that um, what I'm putting out there is providing some some value to you. So thanks. Thanks very much. Um, Today, what I'm going to be talking about is um, a couple of different topics. And the first thing I wanted to talk about is the concept of pound cost averaging. Now, there's been a bit of a viral video on TikTok um, going around this week. And it's this guy who gives away his secret. If you're listening, if you're not watching this on YouTube, that was some big inverted commas there. Secret to investing, which is all this guy does. It's dead simple, is buys stocks when they're going up and then sells them when they start to go down. And that sounds like a great idea, but if it was that easy, then we'd all be millionaires sitting on a beach somewhere. So um, what he's talking about there is timing the market. He's been copping a lot of flack, which is understandable in my opinion, because it isn't that simple and making it out to be that simple um, isn't, um, it's not genuine, I suppose. So what I'm going to be talking about is, I mean, what he's getting at there is buying low and selling high, which is obviously what we're all trying to do. And what I want to talk about is this concept of pound cost averaging, which seeks to do that in a way that's not ridiculous. So I'm going to talk about that. The um, second thing I wanted to have a bit of a, a talk about as well is income tax. Now, what I'm not going to do is sit here and go through the tax tables talk about exactly the tax bans, all your allowances, blah, 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 blah. That is going to be incredibly boring if I'm just sitting here reciting figures to you. Um, be really boring for you to listen to. It'd be really boring for me to talk about. But what I am going to do is just give a bit of a um, an overview of the tax system, I suppose. So give you a bit of an idea of the broad strokes of how the income uh, tax system works. Um, kind of a little bit of an understanding about a couple of the different allowances that you get, um, but not going into the nitty gritty detail. What I am going to be doing for that detail is I will put a link in the note, in the show notes um, to HMRC's website to the specific um, specific pages that has, has that actual information on there. So if you do want to start looking at um, actual figures of what your allowances are and what the tax rates are and stuff like that, I will be providing that information, but I'm not going to be just talking through that today. Now, I've been getting quite a few um, emails and DMs and stuff, which is really, really helpful. Um, basically, all the content I've been producing the last few weeks has come off what people are asking me they want to hear about. So the best ways to get in touch with me are via email, jason at jasonmountford.com. Um, you can also get in touch with me on Twitter or on Instagram 
One thing I'd really want, I'd like to try and get going is this idea of having voice memos that I can play on the show. So if you're on Instagram, you can find me there under my name, Jason Mountford. Um, search for that, Jason Mountford Financial Planner. Um, if you go into the DMs, you can actually leave a voice message for me. So if you ask me a question via voice message um, and give me the okay to play it on the podcast, I'll play that sound through the podcast and we can kind of have it like a bit of a call-in show. I think that'd be really cool. Um, I can leave your name out of it if you want to remain anonymous. And if you're really worried, I can even change your voice to make it not sound like you. But I think that's gonna that would make it really um, nice and interactive. So that would be awesome if you could do that. I do also put all the podcasts on YouTube. So if you'd like to see my bald, ugly face um, talking to you instead of just listening to it, you can find me over there. Uh, and I'd also like to try and get the subscriber numbers up on YouTube as well. Once you hit a thousand, you can unlock a community tab, which we can um, do more kind of interactive content. Um, there's quite a few different bits and pieces that I can do on there that can go, that can um, be a bit more in depth uh, on some of these topics. So if you subscribe to the channel, um, I'm going to try and get that built up over time as well. So that's the plan for today's podcast. We've got income tax and we've got pound cost averaging. So let's get into it. So like I said, there was this viral, this is viral TikTok video going around. I mean, this seems like there's always a viral TikTok going, a video going around, but this one in particular, the guy said that he, his simple investment strategy is to buy a stock when it's going up. And then once he starts to see it go down, sell it. Obviously that sounds like, um, it sounds like a great idea. At the end of the day, that's what everybody is trying to do. Everybody out there who is investing is generally trying to invest in companies or invest in stock markets or assets that are going up. And if they look like they're going to go down, they would ideally like to not be holding them when they fall in value. The reality is it's much, much more difficult to do that than you think. Now, I think part of the problem with this is the last 12 months in America has been an incredible year for stock markets you kind of, it would be actually have been really hard to lose money if you're investing in the US stock market over the last 12 months. So um, I don't know how long that guy's been investing for, but what can, um, whilst it can sound like a really easy thing to do, timing the investment markets, it's actually very, very difficult um, because you never, never actually know when that turn is going to happen and you never actually know how quickly it's going to happen as well. And with smaller companies, there can be other issues like liquidity. Um, you might not even be able to sell the shares at the price you want to sell them or when you want to sell them. So it is a lot more complicated than that. But effectively, what he's talking about is trying to time the markets. And when you're trying to buy low and sell high, there are a couple of ways you can do it. And that is one of them is trying to, to time the markets. Now, when you're doing that, you're effectively looking to make a decision as to when you think a price of a stock or an investment is going to go up and then selling it when you expect it to go down. There's a couple of ways that people try to do that. The first way is what's known as fundamental analysis. So I've kind of touched on this in previous podcasts, but effectively it's when investors, um, professional investors or regular retail people uh, look to work out um, look at the fundamentals of a company or a stock market or an investment, look at the profit levels, look at what that business is expected to do or that stock market, look at what the, the future might hold in terms of like interest rates and all sorts of different stuff. By doing that, they can then make the call as to whether they think that that, that investment is on the way up or is going to improve over time or whether it's a bad investment that you shouldn't be putting your money into. Now, the thing with that is that there are professional investors um, all over the world who are trying to do that all the time. Sometimes they get it right and sometimes they get it wrong. Like I say, it is very, very difficult to do. The other way that people try and time the market um, is what's known as um, 
uh, technical analysis or charting. And people who do this don't look at the fundamentals of a stock market or a company. Instead, they look at um, basically just the trends. So they're not actually concerned about um, what is moving that share price or what is moving that stock market, but they look at um, volume. They look at what the the what most investors are doing, and they're trying to pick trends through that that gives them a, potentially a bit of insight as to what the future might hold for that particular investment. So both of those are examples of trying to buy low and sell high, and as I've talked said a number of times now, it's very difficult to do. Now, there is a way that you can look to buy low and sell high that is much more sustainable, much more repeatable, and much more realistic. And that is this this concept of pound cost averaging. Now, I find it really difficult to say pound cost averaging because obviously in Australia, we have dollars, not pounds. So uh, if, if dollar cost averaging comes out, that's why. But obviously in the UK, we call it pound cost averaging. And The concept is essentially that you set up an automated system that means you buy less of something when the price is high and more of something when the price is low. So let's talk through an example. I like to do that. I think it makes it easier to understand. So let's say you decide that you can afford to invest £200 per month into some investments. Now, whether it's an individual share or a diversified portfolio, that that um, that investment will have a cost. And let's say that when you decide to do uh, to start this investment, um, the cost of one unit of this investment, whether that's one share or one unit in a in a managed fund or whatever, is one pound. So your two hundred pounds is buying you um, two hundred units or two hundred shares in this investment. Now. What will happen is obviously that that price will fluctuate. So hypothetically, let's say you invest that 200 and then this particular investment goes through a really volatile month. There's some bad news, maybe coronavirus, maybe, um, I don't know, whatever, bad employment figures, whatever the case may be. Let's say that stock market, that stock price or that investment price really tanks. And let's say it drops to rather than being one pound a unit, it drops to 50p a unit. The concept of pound cost averaging is that you continue to put in your £200 every month. So next month, you put in that same £200, but because the price has actually dropped quite significantly, you're not buying 200 units at £1 each. Your £200 is actually going to buy you 400 units. So what are you doing? You're buying more when the price is low. You're buying low. On the flip side, let's say that that same investment then goes through an absolute... um, huge growth phase. So the price is is, um, shooting through the sky um, and it starts to get to kind of, um, it starts to get to kind of bubble territory. The concern then is that um, you are going to be buying, if you were buying a number of units each month, you would be buying more and more and more at higher and higher prices, which is increasing your exposure and increasing the danger of the risk within your portfolio. But instead, by putting that same amount in each month, if the price doubled and went to two pounds a, a, a unit, your same two hundred pounds is then only going to buy you a hundred units. So you go you go through this process over time where if the price is going down, you're buying more, and if the price is going up, you're buying less. So over the long term, what this actually does is it means that your average price um, is going to be lower than if you were just trying to buy, um, well, potentially going to be lower than if you were trying to time the market. 
because over time you're going to end up buying more units at lower costs because your 200 pounds will buy you more of those units each time. So it does a couple of things. Number one, it kind of um, creates this situation where you are automatically buying more when the prices are lower. And the other thing is, is it means that you are always um, fully invested. Because the other issue with trying to buy low and sell high or time the market is that you never know when is the right, exactly the right time to do it. So what often happens and I have seen this in the past where um, when people have moved their money out of the markets, when it's been a volatile time, like in 2008 or during coronavirus, the really tough thing is then is how do you or when do you get back into the market? Because it's really hard to know when is going to be the time where things have actually turned and things have improved for for good. So it, uh, it does those two things. It allows you to smooth out your or, or reduce your average buying price over time and it reduces the risk of getting caught holding the bag by trying to time the markets as well. The other benefit of pound cost averaging is it's just easy. Once you've initially um, set up your investment portfolio, so you've gone through the process of understanding how much risk you want to take, you understand diversification, you uh, understand your time frame, you've done all that, you've done the process properly, it is set and forget. You know, you set up your monthly direct debit or your weekly debit or fortnightly, whatever, however you want to do it. You have that set amount of money going into your portfolio in a set period of time and you can just forget about it. I think there can be a bit of a um, um, timing the market and like trading regularly and buying when the price is good and stuff. It's sexy. It sounds sexy. It's like Wolf of Wall Street type stuff. But it just doesn't work for the vast majority of people. Um, you know, for most investors, professional investors or all the way down to retail investors, just having a consistent strategy that you stick to over the long term is going to be a better, um, put you in a better long-term position than trying to be smarter than the market as a whole. So it creates this situation where you have a, a consistent plan that you can stick to. You don't have to be stressing about whether you what you should be doing with your money. You can just stick to your plan um, because that, it is that always that old adage is that it's um, the key to success is not timing the market, it's time in the market. And just to kind of illustrate this point, um, I remember reading this statistic, which I've just found again now, um, which talks about missing the best, some of the best days in the market. So um, this particular, um, I think it was the Bank of America who did this, uh, this study, uh, sorry, no, JP Morgan. So JP Morgan um, looked back at the returns for the S&P 500, which is the US uh, stock market, and they looked back at what had happened for stock, in stock markets since the 3rd of January 2000. So 2000 was 21 years ago, almost to the day, um, January 3rd. So they've looked over the last 20 years and looked at what the annualized performance would be, whether if you had um, invested, stayed invested the whole time, or if you had um, missed some of those best days in the market. So if you'd been trying to time the markets, if you'd been trying to move your money in and out of the markets and you had kind of messed it up, you'd not done it 100% right, what kind of impact does that have on your long-term performance? And the stats are pretty crazy. So if you had remained fully invested, so you'd invested, I don't know, 10 grand into the S&P 500 index tracker on the 3rd of January 2000, your annual performance up until um, for the last 20 years, um, so they did this till the end of 2019, so just 19 years, um, I don't know, 20 years. Yeah, sorry, 20 years. So they did it over 20 years. So your annual performance over those 20 years would have been 6.06%. 6 
So you would have made 6% per annum. And remember, that includes the global financial crisis in 2008. So that includes that period where things would have gone down a lot. So you made 6% a year, which it's not going to um, it's not going to, it's not world beating, but that's pretty good. You know, if you consider what you get in the bank, a couple of percent, if you're lucky, 6% is not too shabby. Now, if you had been trying to move your money in and out of the market, let's say you'd missed the 10 best days over that period. So you'd invested for 20 years and you just missed the 10 best days. So not, not very long, really. Your return for that um, period goes down to 2.44% per annum. So it goes from six, just over 6% to just under 2.5% just by missing the pe- the best 10 days in the market. And it gets worse and worse as, as you go down the list. So if you miss the, the 20 best days, your um, return is basically zero, 0, 0.08. If you'd missed the 30 best days, it's negative 1.95, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the point with that really is that Timing the market is very hard to do. It's not realistic for most people. And if you mess it up, it actually makes investing um, potentially a waste of time. So remember, it's time in the market, not timing the market. And pound cost averaging is a really good way to do that. So the next thing I wanted to have a bit of a talk about is income tax. Now, like I say, I'm not going to just bring up the HMRC tax tables and talk you through that bit by bit because that would be super boring um, and you're not going to remember those figures anyway if you're listening to this while you're on a run or doing the dishes or whatever it is you're doing. So I just want to talk a little bit, uh, uh, a bit broadly about how the income tax system works because from what I've seen from online comments and from, um, from questions on Instagram and stuff is that there is a little bit of a misunderstanding in some aspects of the tax system. So the first thing I want to talk about is the way that income tax works. And it's effectively, this is really the biggest issue I think, is there are different income tax bands depending on how much income you earn. So there is a certain threshold that you can earn money where you don't pay any tax at all. So um, that is £12,500. So I know I said I wasn't going to give specific figures and I'm not going to go into too much detail, but £12,500 you don't have to pay any tax on. Now, after that, you, you start to pay tax on money above that and there's different bands. So the first band is what's known as a basic rate tax band. So that's for um, the, sort of the next band that you sit in. Then you go up to what's called the higher rate tax band. And then if you're a really high income earner, then that goes to what's called additional rate tax. And those rates are 20%, 40%, 45%. The important thing with this is not those rates. The important thing with this is that if you go into the next tax band, that only affects money that you've earned in that tax band. Because what a lot of people think is that if you go one pound from, so if you're a basic rate taxpayer, for example, and you earn one pound above the threshold and go into a higher rate tax band, you don't then pay higher rate tax on all of the money that you've earned. Because that would be crazy, because that would be a massive disincentive to actually earn more money. The way that it actually works is it's all within those individual bands. So any money you earn within that tax-free component, which is called your personal allowance, any money you earn within that is tax-free. Any money you earn within the, within the basic rate tax band is taxed at 20%. And then any money you earn in the other two, the higher and additional rate, are taxed at 40 and 45%. So if you earn one pound over the basic rate tax threshold, you would only pay higher rate tax on that one pound. 
And that is just a really, really important thing to remember because you're um, pretty much never going to be in a situation where earning more money is going to be less beneficial for you overall. Yes, you might end up paying a higher proportion of tax on higher amounts of money, but overall, you are always going to be, everything is taken within that band, those bands. Now, it does get a little bit more complex at certain times, especially as you get over £100,000. That does start to affect your personal allowance and things. Um, so, you know, once you start to get into that, that realm of earning over 100 k it does get a little bit more complex. Um, but broadly speaking, the same, um, it, that, that rule kind of holds true. You know, you aren't going to be impacted by the very top end earning an extra thousand pounds or five hundred pounds isn't then going to throw your whole um, tax structure into disarray. You will always have that banded structure. The other thing with income tax is that different forms of income attract different forms of uh, different different rates and bands. So we've talked about the personal allowance, and you've got other allowances too. So um, you have a, an extra tax-free allowance for. Um, interest on your savings, for example. You also have um, an additional um, uh, allowance for dividends from investments, from shares. Um, There's also different tax rates for those things as well. So dividends from shares have generally lower tax rates than what you get from earned income. So it's really important to, to keep that in mind that not all of your income is just lumped together and then taxed at a single rate. And for me, really the the I think uh, the point that I'd like to get across with this is that managing your investment is not always going to be purely about the return that you get. Because I think what we can often do is we can fall into the trap of just looking at the gross return that we can get from an investment. You've got to remember that nothing can be taken in isolation. You know, when you're looking at the the net return to you as an individual, you're not just looking at what the return from the investment is going to be. It's really important to be looking at the tax position of that as well. And that's why I talk a lot about the importance of things like pensions and ISAs, because if you are investing um, outside of those wrappers, you actually need to get a higher level of return to compensate for the fact that you have to pay tax on that money. Um, You know, within an ISA and within a pension, there's no tax while the investments are in there. So it's a very, very attractive place to invest. Whereas if you have uh, money that you are earning that is being added to your taxable income, you have allowances and things like I say, but you do potentially pay tax on it, which reduces what's called the net return to you. Now, practically speaking from a tax perspective, you often don't have to worry too much about um, about how to report the tax to HMRC. So, uh, you have this thing what's called a tax code. So a tax code essentially is what your your employer um, sends to HMRC um, to inform them of the amount of tax that, um, that that should be deducted from your from your income. So usually that 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 is like a, there's like a standard tax code, and then there are other additional tax codes if you have specific things where your tax might be different from the standard. So a really common example is student loans. So you don't have to worry about, if you earn over the threshold, you don't have to worry about um, filling in a self-assessment tax return or doing anything like that because it's all done through your tax code. I mentioned the term self-assessment tax uh, tax return there. And under some circumstances, if you have investments um, that are earning you quite a bit of money that are over those different allowances, there are certain times where you do have to do what's known as a self-assessment tax return. And that is effectively where you explain to, you tell HMRC at the end of the tax year, 
how much you've earned from these different investments. So from a buy select property or from shares or you know any other form of investment that you might have. And then, you, uh, then you're liable obviously to pay the tax on that. Now that's only going to be the case, like I say, if you're investing in your own name. So you're not in- investing in an ISA or anything, because like I say, that is tax free. You don't need to worry about self-assessment for that. But if you're investing in your own personal name, if the earnings that you're receiving from that are over the uh, allowances that you get, and there is some tax to be paid, then you will need to complete a self-assessment tax return. Now, tax is one of those areas where if it's simple, it's incredibly simple, but if it's if it's complex, it doesn't take long for it to get really quite complex. And I'm a huge fan of using a professional for your tax advice. You know, I think... Um, Generally speaking, uh, it, it is quite difficult to do. Well, it's not quite difficult. Anybody can do their own taxes, but it is quite um, a complex system, the tax system in the UK. And not only do you run the risk of doing it wrong, which means that you might end up having to, um, uh, you know, having to pay back taxes or pay penalties or whatever, but it's also the potential that you might be missing out on some of those allowances as well. So, you know, if you are a higher income earner or if you do have investments that are, you know, even moderately complex, I would definitely recommend that you um, you consider seeing an accountant. I think if you don't have like complex trust structures and things like that, you'd probably be surprised at how reasonable it is to have a professional do your taxes. But I do highly recommend that because tax is one of those areas where it, it is very complex and is very easy to get it wrong. So today, guys, we've gone over a couple of topics. I've talked about pound cost averaging, which in my opinion is one of the um, number one ways that you can build your long-term wealth in a, stable, uh, in a sustainable way. I think it's just a fantastic, uh, it's fantastic to have that plan in place that you stick to that means you're doing the right things at the right time without even having to think about it. It's all done automatically and it just becomes part of your, your regular monthly cash flow situation. So pound cost averaging is a, is a fantastic uh, method to invest um, and it's definitely worth considering. We've also talked about the income tax system. Now, I, have, I know I've kept things very broad there, um, but the main really the main point that I wanted to get across with that, because it has come up a few times in conversations recently, is that if you earn into that higher, if you go into a higher brand, a higher tax bracket, that only impacts the money in that higher tax bracket. It doesn't mean you're going to pay higher amounts of tax on all of the money that you've earned. So that's just a really important point, essentially, that I, I wanted to get across with that. Like I say, I am going to link the link to HMRC um, website if you do want to be looking at the specific tax rates and stuff like that as well. So thanks very much for being with me today, guys. I am going to put this one up on YouTube as well. So like I say, I do want to start trying to build that community as much as possible. So um, really a thousand subscribers is kind of the benchmark that opens up a lot more opportunities and a lot more options on um on YouTube. So it would be great if you could head over there and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please subscribe to the podcast as well. Again, that helps tell um, Apple and tell Spotify and tell all these different services that people um, are interested in this stuff. Um, and if you can share it with people who might be um, into their into their own personal finance side of things as well, that would be, that would be great. You know, I do want to be trying to build this as much as possible um, and getting as much feedback and things as I can. And just one last reminder is that if you did want to drop me a voice message on Instagram, that would be great. I'd really like to try and get that going. So thanks very much again for listening, guys. Thank you again for all the support and getting me up to number 11 on the business charts. And I look forward to speaking to you again next week.
Hi guys, I just wanted to jump in really quickly to let you know about my free weekly newsletter, also called The Hedge. Every week I comb through all the social feeds and news websites to cut through the noise and bring you the latest news and ideas in investing, business, entrepreneurship and personal development. As with all content from The Hedge, the aim is to help you grow your wealth in a way that allows you to be your real, authentic self. If you'd like to sign up, you can find the link as well as the links to all our other content at thehedge.io.